Well, good morning again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Pastor Wally, for inviting us to be part of the service. Uh, it really does feel good to... Uh, sorry? <laughs> it does feel good to uh, see you all and to feel part of the service. And um, we wish we were there. We wish we were really there. Um, I, 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 I do thank Pastor Wally for giving us... I do give thanks to Pastor Wally for um, giving us the opportunity to, to share with you this morning. And uh, I thank John for uh, coming up with this series. I always wanted someone to do a series on the big butts of the Bible. Uh, and so finally someone's done it. That's great. Let's pray. Let's pray before we get into God's Word. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to give you thanks. I want to give you thanks, Lord, that you love us, that you're almighty, that you're full of grace and mercy, that you are strong and powerful, and you care for us, that you care so much for us that you give us your word. And so this morning, Lord, we pray that as we reflect on your word, as we think about your word, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us and that we would hear it. You give us ears to hear your word. And Lord, give us your Holy Spirit to understand your word. Give us your Holy Spirit to convict us of its truth and to guide us into how we should be applying these words to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the passage that we are looking at this morning is from... Uh, Colossians, Colossians uh, chapter 1 verse 21 and I'm going to read from 21 to 22 and if you have your Bibles there, you can open it up and just see it as I read it. So Colossians chapter 1 verse 21 says this, it says, once you were alienated from God, you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight with blemish and free from accusation. What wonderful words. Words of encouragement. Words of truth. And here in Israel, it's very easy to see people far from God. You see people bowing down to idols on a daily basis. You see people uh, getting down on their knees when the monks come. And they revere the monks. They worship the monks. Uh, you see them uh, offering blessings and sacrifices to the river gods. And here in Islam, there's a, a particular god that they, they uh, worship and uh, ask blessings from, it, and that's the Payanat. It's just, uh, a powerful river god. And so it's easy to, to see that they're far from God. You can see that they're, they're, they're alienated from God and they're enemies of God. 
And they don't even they don't even know that they're enemies of the one true God. So it's easy to to, to know to to feel that it's far from God. I think one of the challenges that you have in Australia that we we don't quite have here is recognizing that people are far from God. I think it's it's harder to see and, and to know that people are far from God in Australia. People aren't outwardly and openly worshipping other gods. But this passage reminds us all that we were all once far from God. Now, most of you sitting there weren't worshipping idols, but we were all enemies of God. And this passage tells us that that's how we once were, but now we are reconciled to him. We have a relationship that was broken, that was torn apart, but is now reconciled and together again. We now have a a relationship with God. We enter into a new relationship with God. And we all know this. We, We all know that Jesus died for our sins so that we could have a relationship with God. This is the the very core of the the gospel. This is the very foundation of the good news that we we want to share with people. This is the good news that we want to share with the people of of Islam. You saw a picture of of Chet, the guy with the purple shirt uh, and the funny hat on the uh, flood victim's photo. He was once far from God. He did not know God. He was an enemy of God. Yes, he, he worshipped idols. Yes, he, he, he gave sacrifices to river gods. But he was also a prisoner. He was a murderer. But now he knows God. Now he knows Jesus. Now he's been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Now he has a relationship with God. He loves God. He enjoys being in a relationship with God. His life, his reconciled life, is very, very different from his life apart from God. When he shares his story, you get a distinct feel that his life was very different from when he was apart from God to when he is now reconciled to God. And as I was reading this passage this week and preparing for this sermon, I was convicted by it. Because just like Chet, I'm reconciled to God. Just like Chet, I was once apart from God. And now I'm reconciled to Him. But what is my reconciled life like? What does my reconciled life look like? Is it much different from my life apart from God? What is my relationship with God like? And as I thought about this and and, uh, meditated on it, I thought about and I was reminded about the story 
of the ten lepers that were healed. And only one goes back to Jesus. All ten were healed. All ten were miraculously giving, uh, given an amazing gift from God. But only one goes back to worship and give thanks to Jesus. You know, we have all received much more, far more than just physical healing. We have all experienced far more of God's power and love than those ten lepers. Yet, there are times when I am more like the nine that didn't go back to Jesus. That didn't go back and worship Jesus and thank Jesus. Why did this, this one man go back to Jesus? Maybe it's actually because he recognized who it was that healed him. Maybe it was because he recognized the significance of Jesus, the one who healed him. Maybe we ought to consider who reconciles us. And who we are reconciled to. In, in the previous verses, the ones we did read, uh, in verses 15 to 20, Paul tells us who reconciles us and who we are reconciled to. Those verses talk about an invisible God, a powerful God who created all things. And all rulers and powers were created through him and for him and he holds all things together this is the God who reconciled us this is the God who we are reconciled to it is not a a God that we made up it's not a God who uh, is made of stone it is the one true God who created the earth and sustains everything that is in it. I was once alienated from that God, but now he's reconciled him, me to himself. What, what would it look like if I took the time to consider this? And, and not just once a week or a fleeting moment here and there. What would really happen if I thought about this deeply and often. Maybe, just, just maybe, I would be more like the one who ran back to Jesus. Maybe I would be the one who, who fell on his knees and gave thanks to Jesus. I think this is one of the, the, the aspects of living a reconciled life. We are thankful. We run back to Jesus. And we give thanks to him. I'm also reminded of the story that Jesus tells to describe the kingdom of God. You all know it well. It's about a man who who finds a hidden treasure. And he sells all that he has in order to buy the field where he found the treasure. Here is a man who, who values the kingdom of God. He values the kingdom of God above all things, more than anything else that he has. He values a time and a place 
he can enjoy God to the fullest. Imagine if that story was different. Imagine he, he finds the treasure and he's amazed by the treasure, but he buries the treasure and he leaves it. Every now and again, he would go back to the place where he buried it and he, and he digs, it, digs it up and, and he admires it for a little while, but then he would bury it again and then go on with life as if nothing had happened. He continues to work as normal. He has the same conversation with family and friends. He has the same worries and concerns that he did before. That, that would be kind of silly, wouldn't it? To find a treasure, but not really do anything with it, not, not value it. Yeah. I was once alienated from God, but now He has reconciled Himself to me. Does that amazing fact, does that, does that amazing nugget of gold make any difference to the way I live? Has that changed what I value in life? Does that impact the decisions I make on a day-to-day basis? Does those decisions that I make reflect how I value Him above all things? I think that needs to be part of a side lot where our value system changes and is growing and deepening to be more like this man found it. I'm also reminded of Martha and Mary. Jesus comes to their house and, and Martha gets busy. Uh, Martha gets busy preparing a meal. Uh, it makes me think that Martha was either Filipino, Italian, or Cuban, even. Mary, on the other hand, chooses to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to Jesus. Mary is enjoying Jesus. And, and, and Martha gets upset by all of this. But what does Jesus say to her? She says, Mary has chosen what is better. Let me ask you a question. Do you enjoy God? Do you enjoy God? That, that kind of, it's kind of a strange question to answer, isn't it? it it's easy to, to answer a question like, do you like watching movies? Do you enjoy Thai food? Yeah. And it's even... Paulette is talking, heckling in the background. It's even easier to answer the question, do you enjoy church? You can walk out of church this morning and say, oh, did you enjoy church this morning? But what happens if someone asks you, did you enjoy God this morning? It's a little bit of a a harder question to answer, and I, I don't know why that is. Because the Bible is full of verses that tell us that we are to enjoy God. 
We are to enjoy a relationship with God. And particularly, I think of the Psalms that talk about delighting in God, enjoying God. Here's just a few. Psalm 37 verse 4. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And that's probably a verse that, that some of you have memorized even. And maybe that's a verse that we, we jump very quickly to the second half and think about the desires of our heart and, and that God will give it to us. But I wonder whether we take enough time to sit with delighting yourself in the Lord. In Psalm 16 verse 11, Make your path known uh, to my life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Wow, this is a psalm that talks about having the fullness of joy in God. And Psalm 43 verse 4, it says this, Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. I will praise you with lyre, O God, my God. Now, I'm, I'm not too sure about praising him with the lyre. Um, I'm not very good with any musical instrument. But this is, this is a, a passage that talks about exceeding joy. In this past year, I've been wanting to have so much more joy in God. I don't think I'm even close to enjoying God to the fullness. And I certainly haven't yet experienced exceeding joy in God. I want to grow in that joy. And these passages tell us that's what we're supposed to be doing. We are to enjoy being with God. I was once alienated from God. But now he has reconciled himself to me. Or me to himself, sorry. Because I have been reconciled, I can sit at his feet. I can be presented to him without blemish, without accusation. I can enjoy being with God. When was the last time you delighted in the Lord? Do you enjoy God? I'm also reminded of when God told Moses to leave Mount Sinai. God was going to give them the promised land and drive out all their enemies. He was going to do all of that, but he was not going to go with them. God was going to give them the promised land and take out all their enemies. He was going to give them what their hearts desired and fix all their problems. But he was not going to go with them. What did, Jesus, what did, what did, what did Moses do? Moses pleaded with God. This is what he says in Exodus 33 verse 15. He says, 
if the presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. That's an incredible statement. Moses is saying, if you don't go with me, I don't want to go. What good is the promised land if I don't have you, God? What good is it if you, you take out all my enemies, but you're not there? It is such a deep expression of a, of a desire for the presence of God. A deep desire to be with God. Do, do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel, man, I, I just want to be with God. And, and God, if, if you're not with me, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to get up and do the rest of my day without you, God. I was once alienated from God, but now he has reconciled me to himself. I'm able to be in the presence of God because Jesus reconciled me to him. Do I desire God's presence in my life? Do I long for that? Do I desperately need that? I'm also reminded of when Jesus speaks to Peter sometime after his resurrection. We all know this well. Uh, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And he asked Jesus this three times. Do you love me? At that moment when Jesus is reconciling Peter, Jesus is asking a relationship question. Jesus is not asking comprehension questions at this stage. You know, he's not asking Peter, Peter, how many days was I dead? What was the name of the angel that announced my birth? And and Jesus is not asking interpretation questions. He's not asking, why do you think the curtain was torn from top to bottom? Why am I asking the same question three times? Now, when Jesus asks the most significant relation question there is, doesn't he? Jesus asks, do you love me? Now, I think that's because reconciliation is all about the relationship. It's all, it's all about the relationship with, with Jesus at this stage. And it's only when Peter answers affirmative that he loves Jesus that he then gives him the command to do something, to feed my sheep. I was once alienated from God, but now he's reconciled to himself. God, do you love God with all your heart, soul, strength and mind? Because that's, we have that opportunity now to do that, now that we've been reconciled. To love God with all your heart. So this week, 
I want you to think about your week. And I want you to think about the fact that you were once far apart from God. But now, you're reconciled to God. You, you have entered into a, a relationship with God. So think about your week. What does that week look like? What, what does a, a reconciled week look like? Are you going to live a life that resembles a reconciled life? Will you intentionally take time to consider who it is that you're reconciled to? Are you going to allow that to soak in? And are you going to consider who is it that reconciled you? And, and what did it take for that reconciliation to happen? And I can pretty much guarantee that if you take the time to do that, you're going to give thanks to God this week. You're going to get down on your knees and give thanks to God. And now you have been reconciled. What what impact is that going to have on the decisions you need to make this week? Does that come into play at all? Or are we separating that out where, okay, um, me being reconciled has nothing to do with the decisions I need to make this week? Or has your value system changed so much that a reconciled life, a relationship with God, enters into every decision that you make and makes a change in those decisions? And think about the things that you're looking forward to this week. Think about the things that you are going to enjoy this week. Will one of those things that you'll enjoy this week be God? Will you delight in the Lord? Will you enjoy being with God? Will you desire His presence? And not only desire it, will will you find it absolutely necessary to have God there with you in all that you do? You and I have been reconciled to God. This week, will you love Him? Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to give you thanks that we, we now have this relationship with you. Of no, no actions of our own. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. In fact, we were still enemies with you when Jesus reconciled us to you. Father, help, help us, dear Lord, to really think about that, to be clear in our minds and, and make pierce our hearts that the Almighty God sent His Son to die for us 
and that we can now enter into a relationship with you. The creator of the universe. The one who sustains everything. And Father, I pray that this relationship would change everything. The fact that we're reconciled with you would change everything about our week, our month, our life. Pray to God that it will change our values. May we value you above all else. May that impact all our decisions. And Father, may we desire to be with you because your son died so that we could have a relationship with you. And so Father, I pray that we would desire to be with you, that we would need your presence in our lives. Father, would you convict us of the fact that we cannot do anything without you? May we enjoy time with you. May we crave, may we desire to be with you and delight in that time with you. Lord, may we enjoy you, may we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you very much, Dennis, for sharing with us this morning and for taking the time. Thanks to the whole family for getting up four hours before we had to. (laughs) Pretty pretty good when it's six in the morning. Good work. (laughs) Thank you for uh, taking the time to share this with us. And you go with our blessing. It's just been a privilege to have you with us. So we're all going to wave and say goodbye and then the team's going to finish off with a song. So everyone scream out a goodbye. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Bye.